When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into College Football Live. I'm Kelsey Riggs, and we're coming out the tunnel starting with a live report from Washington. We've got the very latest on running back Dylan Johnson, his injury, and his status for the national championship game. And with five days until that, we break down the Michigan defense versus the Washington offense and why that matchup might be the deciding factor for this year's game. Plus, we are all over the transfer portal. Former Kansas State quarterback Will Howard, he's taking a visit to Columbus. We're visiting with Pete Thamel with the latest on what that could mean. Welcome into College Football Live alongside Dusty Dvorak, Sam Ancho, I'm Kelsey Riggs. Wake up for the next half hour, breaking down the national championship and what is to come. But we start with a live report and go straight out to Washington where our Chris Button is standing by with more on the Huskies. And Chris, it's been a busy week for them so far. Take us through what's been happening as they are now just five days away from the national championship. Well, with the late night during the game on Monday, they decided to spend the night in New Orleans. They came back yesterday afternoon, and today they're treating like a Monday of game week, although it is a busy day for the staff because today is also the first day of the academic quarter. So you have your early enrollees, your transfers also getting to campus. They will practice and have meetings later on this afternoon. They will also have practice Thursday and practice one more time Friday morning before leaving Friday afternoon for Houston, where they are also expected to have a nice set off for the team before they leave here in Seattle. I'm sure there will be plenty of fans there ready to send them off for the national <laughs> championship because it has been a while for this team. Chris, something else mm -hmm. that I know they're all focusing on this week is the health of Dylan Johnson and trying to get him back. We, of course, saw him get injured late in the fourth quarter with about a minute left, had to eventually be helped and carted off the field. What can you tell us about his status and what you've learned ahead of the game? Well, they did x-rays at the stadium, and those x-rays came out negative. The team has said that they are hopeful that he is able to go for that game. He has been dealing all season with this same kind of injury in his foot and has continued to play. They will obviously need him and his skill set when they're facing one of the top defensive in the rush defense against Michigan. We will know later on today they're supposed to practice uh, around a little after 3 o'clock local time what he's able to do f during the week, but the coaching staff hopeful that he's ready to to go for Houston. All right, Chris Button joining us live from uh, Seattle. She will also be in Houston for the national championship on the call for ESPN Radio. Looking forward to that, Chris. We appreciate the insight. And guys, that's definitely good news for Washington that those x-rays came back negative and he is trending towards being healthy because he is responsible for 57% of Washington's total rush attempts. That is the fourth most among, among power five running backs. He has such a big impact on this offense. We, of course, know they have a great quarterback too. But Dusty, I'll start with you. What's the impact of this for Washington? Obviously, good news that he's trending in the right direction, but we know how important, you know, pushing off and, and cutting and running is for a running back like him. 
Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, these x-rays are right and he's able to play. He's a huge part of this offense. The physicality he runs with, 16 touchdowns, 10 of those against six ranked teams. They played two against Texas the other night. The other area that I think he really helps him is in pass protection. Go back and look at that first pass to Polk where it was max protection. He steps in, picks up the blitzer, allows Michael Penix the time. He's a veteran guy who's been around from Mississippi State now to Washington. He's a key piece of what they do on this offense, Sam. He's going to be huge, especially if he can come back healthy. I remember I was doing an interview with SportsCenter on the field after calling the game, and he was walking by on crutches, but also his running backs coach walked by and said, hey, this is about the same injury as it was before, so he thinks he'll be fine. We'll see. Now, the bigger deal is this. This Washington offense is not this pass-heavy offense. They had 30 rushing attempts versus Texas, so despite all the huge numbers that Michael Penix Jr. put up over 400 uh, passing yards, this team also ran for 100 yards, so whether they have a huge leader it's close they want to be physical and Dylan Johnson is a physical back if he's not playing they're going to miss his physicality and we know how physical this Michigan defense is we're really going to key in on that matchup in a little while but let's go big picture and talk about some of the storylines from this national championship game because there's a lot to be excited about especially Monday's matchup marks the third meeting of 14 and 0 teams and major college football history it's the first such game since the 2020 national championship game when LSU topped Clemson and Alabama fell to Clemson in the other such game the previous year. As for Michigan, they make their first appearance in a national title game. The Wolverines going for their first title since 1997 when they split it with Nebraska. Charles Woodson won the Heisman that season when a young Tom Brady was just a backup quarterback. And as for Washington, they're also going for their first title theirs since 1991 when the Huskies split it with Miami. They won a share of the title via the coaches poll after whipping Michigan in the Rose Bowl that season. So it's been before even the BCS era that either of these teams won a national championship and took home the title. So Sam, it's hard to say that there's something to prove when you've made it this far, but is there more to prove for one of these teams than the other as we get ready for the national championship game? Washington absolutely has more to prove in this game than any other team that was in the college football playoff, especially Michigan. Washington has been counted out since we learned how to count. That's what's been going on with this team. I was on the field. I went to Texas. I was doing the Pat McAfee mega cast, and they saw me, you know, burn orange, all the things. And their wide receiver coach came up to me and said, man, all of y'all that didn't pick us, now what are you saying? And the truth is, a lot of people did not pick Washington. Caleb DeBoer is only in his second year. Michael Penix Jr. has had four season ending injuries. People didn't know if he was going to be able to play or move, and all of a sudden, he's playing and moving in the pocket and making huge plays for his team. And so, I think that Washington, this Washington Huskies team, has so much more to prove than any other team in the entire college football playoff, including the team they're going to play in the championship, Michigan. Oh, how wrong you are, my friend, Mr. Ocho. <laughs> it's Michigan all day, every day. They're the winningest program in the history of college football. They've got one National championships since 1950, the one we showed in 1997. This is their third straight year in the college football playoff. They're expected to win this game. Remember the cheating scandal? They've been trying to prove themselves ever since the whole Connor Stallion situation came about. People still doubting them and how good they are. They've been playing with a chip on their shoulder and something to prove throughout the, the latter half of this entire season. And think about this. Jim Harbaugh, we saw the Schefter report. Could be off to the NFL. NCAA infractions looming next year. Now is the time for them to take advantage, and they have a lot to prove on Monday night in Houston.
You even sound like Dusty. You sound like someone who believes that Michigan is going to win, right? Like, you, that's what that, <laughs> most people do as well. That's the thing. They've had the number one defense pretty much for the entirety of the year. When the first rankings came out, people said, oh, this has got to be the number one team, and they were. And then there was a cheating scandal. Then all of a sudden, some coaches are fired or removed from the program, and they're still dominating. They didn't run the ball one time against Penn State in the second half, and they dominated that game as well. And so for me, when I'm thinking of something to prove or more to prove, it's not the team that's number one and that has been number one for pretty much the entirety of the college football playoff selection committee's rankings it's a team that's been sneaking up and getting by and winning games that people didn't think they were going to win and doing it in a dominant fashion here's the thing i felt like michigan had so much to prove in their last game because they couldn't get over that hump and then they yes. finally do now they're there they think that they're going to win it I think I'm with you on this one, Sam, but hey, we'll see how it all irons out when it's all said and done. And a lot of it is going to come down to what happens with that Michigan defense and Michael Penix Jr. in this Washington offense. We break down why the Wolverines defense is so dominant. That's coming up next. Championship Monday on ESPN. Well, we'll check out the odds now from the national title game from ESPN Bet. And Michigan currently a five-point favorite. Washington 5-0 over the last two seasons as an outright underdog. And a lot of movement with the national championship point spread since it first opened. So our Joe Fortenbaugh joins us now to tell us how we got here. Right after Washington got done upsetting Texas Monday night, bookmakers opened the national championship game, Michigan minus three and a half, and immediately sold Wolverines money. So much so, they bumped this spread all the way up to Michigan minus five. Why? Washington was viewed as a bit overvalued coming off their win. If you go back to before the semifinals, we had an advanced line of Michigan minus six and a half over Washington should those two meet. Well, they're going to meet, but the number came out at three and a half, so early better saw an opportunity backing Michigan. I'd be looking at Washington in this spot, plus all the points. They've performed quite well as an underdog under Kalen DeBoer, and I think with where the total is aligned right now in the range of 55, having those five in my pocket could be valuable with the Huskies. All right, Joe, thanks so much. And as I mentioned, we're just five days away from the national championship, and you're taking a look at the prize they're playing for, the college football playoff national championship trophy presented by Dr. Pepper. So we're going to get to see strength on strength. The Washington offense, the Michigan defense, they were both popping off in those playoff games that we saw. Sam, you were at the game for Washington, and you got to see it, or you were at the Sugar Bowl, rather, and got to see that up close. So what part of um, Washington's offense is Michigan going to have to contend with the most? They're going to have to contend with Michael Penix Jr.'s excellence. Michael Penix Jr. did some things on that field that he's done all season, but most people haven't seen. So we've talked about him. He's had four injuries, but check him out in the pocket. You're going to see a four-man rush, and Byron Murphy's going to beat two inside blockers. All of a sudden, Penix Jr. avoids the rush, quickly dodges, ducks, and finds the receiver, Roma Dunze, open in the middle. That's an open pass, but what Michael Penix Jr. does even better is gets it to guys like Roma Dunze. Check this out. Top of the screen, fourth quarter, about four minutes left. They could have ran a ball. No, we're going to pass it wide because Michael Penix Jr. Roma Dunze does stuff like Randy Moss. Hey, I'm open. My arm is up. Give me the rock. And notice you're going to see late hands. Why are these late hands? So that the corner doesn't look until later. 
That ball was a perfectly placed ball. Rock the baby. Rock the baby. My bad. Rock the baby. Rock the baby. You got to rock the baby. But that ball was perfectly placed. What was even better was the route by Roma Dunze. Six catches, over 100 yards. This wide receiver trio, him, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, are dominant. They are, Sam. And I got to tell you, I was blown away with Michael Penix Jr. He was sensational in that game against Texas. And obviously, you were showing how surgical he was ball placement, throwing absolute dimes all over the place. But I thought his pocket presence, moving away from pressure, and then some design quarterback run really put it over the top. He played to me as good as a quarterback has played that I've seen all season. And man, oh man, does this Michigan defense have their hands full. Surgical is a good way to put it because there are some passes where I'm looking at it like there is no way. Okay, that's a touchdown. How did you see that and how did you do that? He was so good, but I was equally impressed watching the other game, Dusty, that you were at and getting to see this Michigan defense and what they were able to do play after play to Alabama and Jalen Milrow. What is it about this Wolverines defense, Dusty, that makes them so dangerous? Well, Kelsey, they're outstanding. And look, they've got a lot of different dudes on the defensive line. They go eight deep up front. They tackle well. They, they limit explosive plays, second best in college football. And when Jesse Minner decides he wants to pressure, they will flat out get after you. And that's what they did so well against Alabama. Whenever they brought pressure, they got home. Six sacks of Jalen Milrow. This defense has 10 in the last two games. And they do different kinds of pressures. Here's a five-man rush, man-to-man -man coverage on the outside. So a five-man pressure. Watch the inside, the defensive line stunts. I love the three-man game. They work with the nose, Colson the line linebacker blitzing and then Chris Jenkins with a tight wrap right around everybody is able to collapse and condense this pocket nowhere down the field or within the pocket for Jalen Milrow to go they'll also throw at you some different looks here's a zone pressure going to drop the defensive end they're going to put four guys on one side of the field in the center the nose will wrap all the way around they overload that right side of the offensive line and then it's it's Sainer Steele who gets home and, and hits Jalen Milrow before he even realizes what happens. Their ability to disguise and then execute Jesse Minter's blitz packages has been sensational. And against one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive line, it's the premier matchup to watch in this national championship. It is going to be so fun to see how that plays out. I'm also interested in something that you mentioned, Sam, and you talked about those wide receivers. And it's how is Michigan going to be able to handle those wide receivers and Michael Penix Jr. and the long ball because you take a look at this the Wolverines they've allowed opponents to complete just 35 percent of their passes of 20 plus air yards no one in college football has completed more of those pass attempts than the Huskies 47 that is the most in all of FBS they have so many different weapons so Sam can Michigan's defense handle these explosive wide receivers and Michael Penix Jr. and what he wants to be able to do I think they can, Kelsey, but they will have their hands full. I'm talking about you might need an extra hand to try and carry all of what's going to be coming with the Washington offense. Why? Michigan does great defensively, and we've seen that. But Washington has so many weapons. We saw Jalen McMillan, Jalen Polk, Roma Dunze. Roma Dunze and Polk, the last two you heard, went for over 100. You see contested catches all around the yard. We didn't have time to show you all the plays that they made on that game, let alone this season. And oh, by the way, that guy you see, number 11, Jalen McMillan, he's only getting healthier and healthier and healthier. Giles Jackson, number zero, speedster, runs a 4-3. Um, they have uh, tight ends, J Jack Westover, who's a playmaker as well.
And so there's so many weapons on this team. I think Michigan should be able to at least contain them. But the way that Michael Penix Jr. played on that game on Monday, it'll be hard for anyone to stop. There's no doubt. If he plays like that, I mean, maybe all bets are off because as good as Michigan is, number two pass defense <laughs> in the country, and they completely dismantled Jalen Milrow, season low, 116 yards passing. But Michael Penix Jr. was that good. He's got the best complement of wide receivers in the country. And I love that you mentioned Westover because I think he is an X factor in this game. But Michigan is so good both in the man-to-man -man coverage, zone coverage on the back end. They mix and match so unbelievably well. This is going to be an absolute knockdown drag out. That Michigan defense against this Michael Penix-led offense, it doesn't get any better than that. And the winner of that matchup, likely going to be hoisting that national championship trophy at the end. Well, we saw just how much trouble Michigan gave Jalen Milrow in this, this Alabama offense. And we also saw Michael Penix Jr. get pressured a ton, but he was able to evade it and still find things. So we'll see what he is able to do in this game. Going to be an awesome national championship coming your way on Monday. Meanwhile, let's take a look at our progressive bowl cup challenge cup and the Pac-12 on top. Five and three after picking up wins from Washington and Oregon on New Year's Day. Of course, just one bowl game remaining. College football national playoff national championship that is coming your way January 8th. On the other side of this break, could another portal quarterback be on the move? Pete Thamel standing by with the latest on Will Howard's visit to Ohio State this week. That's still ahead. Welcome back into College Football Live. Go ahead and get your doctor's note ready for work or school on Monday because we got a full day already set for you with our coverage of the national championship starting 10 a.m. with first take and taking you all the way through the confetti celebration. Two o'clock, we've got an hour-long College Football Live built by the Home Depot. Also, championship drive at 3 o'clock. College Game Day, built by Home Depot, 5 o'clock. And the National Championship game coming your way at 745. Make sure you hang out with SVP afterwards for all of your post-game coverage. Meanwhile, we've got big news out of Texas after their season's complete as wide receiver Xavier Worthy declared for the NFL draft. The All-American ranks among the program's all-time leaders and catches receiving yards and touchdown receptions. He'll be joined at the NFL draft or in it by Georgia tight end Brock Bowers, the two-time John Mackey Award winner, also declared for the NFL draft. ESPN analysts project him to be a top 10 pick and another big name that you're going to see in a new place next year one way or another is Will Howard. Former Kansas State quarterback is set to take an official visit to Ohio State. So let's get to the man who has all of the scoop and had this story as well. College football insider Pete Thamel joining me now. And Pete, you also reported Will is still weighing his options, figuring out what's next. What more can you tell us? Yeah, Kelsey, uh, Will Howard will be at Ohio State in the upcoming days, and it's a significant move in his recruitment. He's regarded by many as the top quarterback in this portal class. He's taken visits to Miami. He's taken visits to USC. Obviously, he's weighing the NFL draft as an option. I've been told median he's about a third-round pick by scouts. But for him to go to Ohio State right now shows that the Buckeyes have significant interest in him. They obviously have two very good quarterbacks in their room, and Devin Brown and Lincoln Kinholz. They're both very inexperienced. 
Howard offers an option to come for one year and maybe be a bridge to that next generation of Buckeye quarterbacks. Uh, Howard obviously led K-State to the Big 12 title last year, Kelsey, and has 27 career starts. He's 12-5 and five the last two years. He's thrown for 48 touchdowns, run for 19 more. He'd give them a little more dual threat than they had with Kyle McCord, who was more drop back. So look for maybe in the upcoming days a decision by Howard after he goes to Columbus. A lot of eyes seeing him wanting to see where he goes as we bring the guys back in. And Dusty, I'll start with you because you just had this Ohio State team in the Cotton Bowl. You got to see both of those young, unexperienced quarterbacks up close and personal. Let's start big picture, though. What kind of fit would Will Howard be for this, this team? Well, he'd be a great fit. And look, everything that, that Pete touched on is exactly right. He's a winner. He's experienced. He's a leader. I love his size. He's 6'5", 240 plus. And, you know, he follows up leading his team to a Big 12 championship with 33 total touchdowns, nine of those on the ground. I do think Ryan Day wants to incorporate that into his offense. So I think he would be a perfect bridge quarterback. And, you know, whenever we were leading up to that Cotton Bowl, we talked with Ryan Day, and he told us that they weren't looking to go in the portal. Well, Devin Brown, it was his opportunity, and he didn't make it out of the first quarter. And, and unfortunately for him, injuries have kind of plagued his career. Keenholz isn't ready. Aaron Nolan's coming in. Will Howard will be a perfect fit there in Columbus, Ohio. And it'll be important for Will Howard, really important for Ohio State. The main important thing I'm thinking of is if Will Howard does go to Ohio State, Ryan Day will have to change his offense a little bit, not just from this year, but even last year as well. C.J. Stroud, one of the top picks in the draft as well, was not a mobile quarterback, at least when he was in college. Will Howard loves to use his legs to create. That's what he's done all season long this year and even last year. And so the best coaches I've been around will change their offenses based on their players. And I think that if Will Howard does go to Ohio State, Ryan Day will be smart enough to change his offense to fit Howard's strengths. You see the numbers there that he put up, that experience, Dusty, also something that really matters to a young quarterback room, even when you have a guy like Nolan coming in. There's no question. And it'll be imperative that they get somebody in there and get that taken care of. Look, there's no way Ohio State can go with growing pains and take a step back. They're looking to win and win right now, especially with all these new schools coming to the Big Ten to make it that much more difficult week in, week out. One of the hot quarterback names that is still out there. We'll see where Will Howard goes, and we will see you back here same time, same place tomorrow on College Football Live as we continue to count down to the national championship. Looking forward to seeing that on Monday.